Thank you for downloading the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast. You can find more relationship insights at focusonthefamily.com slash marriage podcast. When did you first experience God's forgiveness in your life, or specifically in your marriage, so you could learn to offer that forgiveness to your spouse? Um, I'm John Fuller, along with Greg and Aaron Smalley, and I remember when we were on our honeymoon, and we were in the Ozark Mountains, up kind of where you, Greg and Aaron, used to live, and it was so beautiful, and it was about day three, and that was the first major blow-up that we had. Dina wanted to buy something, and I, I had all these logical reasons why we shouldn't buy that. And it became a very, very chilly event. <laughs> and I had to ask for forgiveness. Now, I'm sure if I brought that, that scenario up, she would remember it and smile and say, yeah, that was so long ago. I don't know. But I've got to learn to experience forgiveness in my life. And she offered it then. And I have felt it since. But forgiveness is really important for a married couple. Um, but we have lots of opportunities to practice it, don't we? Absolutely. You know, I think about just in in one day, how many opportunities we have to both ask for forgiveness and to receive forgiveness just by, you know, saying something that hurts Greg's feelings or him saying something that hurts my feelings. But if we don't pursue forgiveness in both directions, it can really have an impact on our heart. Mm. And it's looking at that a heart that's full of unforgiveness can can lead to bitterness, resentment, dissatisfaction, disconnection, um, and ultimately the the wrecking ball of any relationship, a hardened heart. Mm-hmm. And so it's recognizing that I have the opportunity to extend forgiveness, to, to guard my heart that way, but then also to receive it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we're going to listen now to one incredible story of forgiveness. Al and Lisa Robertson from the uh, Duck Dynasty show, the Robertson family, uh, they have seen God heal their marriage from a lot of mistakes, including an affair. And here now are Al and Lisa speaking with Focus President Jim Daly. Let me, uh, if I can mess with you a little, Al. (laughs) Always. I love this. The revelation that you had with your brother, Jep, uh, in the book, you mentioned almost like the older brother attitude or just like the older brother attitude. Set that up for us. Why was that occurring? What birth order is Jep with with you all? And then what was going on in your heart, the jealousy or what was happening? Well, you know, it's interesting because... I'm the oldest, and Jeff is the youngest. So there's, there's a problem right there. There's, four, there's 14 <laughs> years between us, and uh, when I speak publicly, I call him my baby sister. Uh, because that he, goes down well. That goes down well. And I always get the eye rolls, you know, because he's he's so sensitive, you know. He, he's the baby, you know, the family. But, you know, I was the younger brother in real life. I, I, I You know, we talked about this last time, um, you know, we talked about our first book. I was a prodigal through my high school years. So I, in essence, I was the younger brother, you know, in the, in the, even though you were the first, even though I was the first, you lived a prodigal. So, right. So then, you know, uh, Jason, Willie, basically, you know, not perfect, but they didn't go down the same road. Uh, They stayed, they hung in there, which is a blessing. And then Jeff, you know, did the same thing as me a little later. He was his college years, but he, you know, for about three years, basically did the exact same thing. So the bookends were the prodigals. The the prodigals. And when mom speaks, she always asks the audience, she says, now two of my four were prodigal sons. Can you guess who they were, who they are? And the audience always says Willie and Jace because they fight on the show. You know, it's, and it's obvious why they would choose them. And right. she's like, no, it's the oldest and the preacher and the baby. That's the way she describes yeah. it. But, you know, I think what happened to me, and this is what we talked about quite a bit in the book, 
because I think all of us have some of the older brother from Luke 15. Absolutely. You know, you, you, that, that Phariseeism just kind of sets up. And that was the whole point of the parable anyway. It was more for the older than the younger. But, you know, even me, even though I had experienced it, even though I'd embraced God's forgiveness, had been brought back in unconditionally by my parents, you know, you preach for a while and you deal with people. And then so in Jep, you know, I resented it because he grew up in a Christian home. I mean, he, he didn't grow up in the same home right. I grew up in. He had every advantage to do the right thing. And so I, for whatever reason, I didn't extend grace as, as quickly as I should have. And, and it, his he impacted me. So in the, in the book we talk about, we had a intervention for Jep because uh, Willie was working with the college age at that time. And so he had been here and that Jep wasn't doing well, uh, along with my cousin. And so we surrounded him. And, of course, Dad, you know, kind of laid the law down on him at first. He said, first thing you need to do is put those keys to my truck that you're driving around in my hand. Right. Because you're going to live this way, and, and I'm going to fund it. So taking away the goodies. Taking away the goodies right off the bat. Well, and, you know, all of us have been in prayer. We didn't know how Jep was going to respond. And so Jep obviously, you know, broke and, uh, and, and broke pretty quickly. And he looked up at us, and the one thing we mentioned in the book that he said that was really touched me was, what took you guys so long? Wow. You know, like he had just been waiting mm-hmm. for us to swoop in and say, you can't live this way. And so, you know, we all got around him on the floor, and we were all crying, which is very un-Robertson-like, you know, for the men especially. And yet we were touched and moved, you know, because he had come home. And so I think that's when I dealt with my own issues of why are you being so you know, hard on him. He's just another guy who has been messing up and now who's found his way home. You know, just because he's your youngest brother doesn't mean you should treat him any differently than any other person you would deal with in your church. Right. But so, Al, the, the difficulty there, and I just want to tease this out and you sure. can keep going with that story, but you got to make a decision as the older brother in the story. Obviously, the the prodigal parable, the older brother never figures it out. Right. So he came to the fork in the road and chose to be hard-hearted toward his younger brother. That's right. What gave you the capacity to say, "Wait a minute, let me look at my own heart. I'm not, I'm not treating Jep the way I should." That's the difference. It was, and, and it happened for me, Jim, when I was driving home that day, and I just had to pull over, and I just, I mean, I wept. I mean, we had all been in tears, praying over Jep, but I just wept. I mean, I felt like when when Peter was in that moment of realizing he betrayed Christ, because I was like, it, it just hmm. inwardly, it, the dam broke, literally. And so I realized from that point forward, you cannot be the older brother and see grace extended and somehow feel like justice hasn't been done. You have to trust God more than that. And that's what impacted me. And it made me a better preacher. It made me a better brother, obviously, after that. And so Jeff and I have had a lot of long talks about that since. And I even told him, I called him and I said, look, I'm going to tell in the book, you know, just my own weaknesses. I just wanted you to know that. And basically we pulled a lot of his story from his book, you know, telling about how it all went down. But he said, man, I love you and I always, I always will. And so, you know, as we move forward in our relationship, it's neat to have that as a – and I'm so much older than Jeff. You know, when he, when he and Jessica have any issues, typically Lisa and I are the ones they call. Oh, that's great. You know, and so – but it was – again, I had to step over that, you know, and, and it's very easy. And you remember in the story – Part of the problem was the older brother was resentful that he had squandered the money too. Right. I mean, I mean that was there, and it was part of his. And then it gets to come back in, and I mean, we're not. How does that happen? So you can see very easily how people can hold grudges. It's the rules. That's right. I hold on to the rules. The rules are being broken, therefore I'm justified. That's right. Instead Rather of just saying grace. a sinner has come home, let's rejoice. You yeah. Know? 
And, uh, you know, so in our case, we, we killed the fattened catfish and had a celebration. <laughs> I love it. That's what you do in Louisiana, That's right? right. Exactly. I love that. Uh, we're down to the last few minutes here, and I, I do want to provide real practical helps to the folks. And, and again, the book, Desperate Forgiveness, is filled with ways to put it and deploy it and live it. And you both have done such a beautiful job in your own lives, which allows you to speak with authority. And I so appreciate that. You guys are real people. And uh, I also appreciate that. (laughs) But you've outlined these 13 disciplines for living a life of forgiveness. We're not going to be able to cover them all in two minutes. But uh, this is the core of the help in the book. Uh, Seek forgiveness now, number one. Don't wait. Why not? Why can't I wait a few more days? Because I'm really relishing and not letting that person off the hook, Lisa. Well, I think it's because... You know, the more time that goes by, the harder it is to forgive someone. The more trauma that happens in a person each and every day, your heart gets harder every day. So the longer you wait, you've got to do it now. Seek that forgiveness right now. Don't put it off. I mean, there is grace, there is mercy, and it's just waiting for you to accept it. Lisa, another one that jumps out at me is forgiving yourself. And I I think one of the themes I've seen sitting in this chair at Focus on the Family is how hard women particularly are on themselves. Men have a great capacity to forgive themselves. It was the other guy's fault. Mm-hmm. We just go there quickly. Right. I think it's our pride. So we don't deal with it. But women, they heap it on. I'm not a good wife. I'm not a good mother. How does a woman particularly, how does she really learn to forgive herself? Well, it's not something that you decide one day you're going to do and tomorrow yeah. you wake up and it's done. It's an everyday process it takes years, you know, and even now, I mean, I've forgiven myself, but I'll just look back sometime and go, how could I have done that? You know, but then I think about grace of God. He forgave me. And so one of the things that I tell women is this, whenever you look at the blood that was shed on that cross, if you cannot forgive yourself, what you're saying is that wasn't quite enough. I need more. Mm. Well, That was enough. If God, our creator, can forgive us, if our loved ones can forgive us, then we owe it to our creator to forgive ourselves and not live in that shame and that guilt for the rest of our life. Every time I hear Al and Lisa's story, I'm just amazed at God's forgiveness and how they experienced that. And uh, Greg, you've counseled so many couples. I wonder if, as you listened, if there was somebody that came to mind in terms of illustrating the, this power of forgiveness. Yeah, we have some good friends that instantly came to mind, but it really reminds me of one of my very favorite marriage quotes, and this one's by Ruth Graham, and it says, a successful marriage is made up of two good forgivers. And that, that is so mm. true, because as Aaron was saying earlier, there's plenty of opportunities every day that we get to make that choice to forgive. And Aaron and I have some very close friends, and and I love their story because kind of early on um, in their marriage, um, they they had to work through infidelity. And and just as we've heard that story, just just the pain, the betrayal, the are we going to make it? Do I even want to to give this a second chance? And, and yet we've known... 
our, our friends probably how long now? Aaron? About 25 years. Mm. And it's been amazing to watch how God has used their story as well as the healing that he's done in both of their hearts and in their lives. Um, they went on to have two more children. So they added, they had two before and two after the infidelity. And it is, it's amazing to see what God has done. Mm. Yeah. Whenever we actually, when, when we encounter maybe a, a couple at church or someone reaches out to us, not in a clinical, professional, formal way, but just says, Hey, we're struggling. Can, can we talk? And we find out it's infidelity we will give them this couple's number because they've they've asked wow. us to do that mm-hmm. and to see how god now has has not only turned that marriage around but to see it thriving to see the benefits i mean it's been i mean 15 20 years now that that they've recovered from that and just the strength and how god has used their story now to help other couples who are dealing with that same thing it's, it just blows us away. Hmm. That's why, I mean, Aaron and I are both counselors, and we're both very qualified to, to help. But yet there, there's something about this couple's story and the fact that they walk this out and just are able to, to meet that couple who's struggling with the same issue in a way that, that we just can't. Mm-hmm. It's just it's absolutely amazing. And that's what I love is that as we forgive, as we move forward, it not only gives our marriage grit, and we love that word. You know, grit is is when we really fight for something, and that attitude is that that hey, whatever we encounter, we're just we're going to stay together. We'll figure this out. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll we'll benefit from this. That that's grit. But how God will will take whatever we've gone through, and He turns it into a story. That, that then he's able to use like like our friends mm-hmm. and then now you're you're armed with this amazing love story and and that that's the beauty and that all starts from forgiveness it starts from getting help and working through that and theirs was a long road yeah we're we're we're, we're telling you the the after effects 20 years down the road well and i can attest to so many of the couples that go through our marriage intensive program, I mean, they're my heroes. Watching them come there, so many have dealt with infidelity and the choice that they're both willing to come before God and say, you know what, God, do a miracle if that's your if that's your will and you're we're willing to receive it, do it. Mm-hmm. And that takes so much courage and strength. And I just love watching what God does and what how he heals and how he walks through the, the process of forgiveness. Well, we want to encourage you to pursue forgiveness if that's uh, a major issue for you in your marriage. Uh, one way that you can do that is by reading the book by Alan Lisa, this incredible story of, of transformation. The book is called Desperate Forgiveness, and uh, we'd love to send a copy to you. If you can, please make a generous donation of any amount uh, to the Ministry of Focus on the Family. We're committed to helping marriages thrive. And um, we'd be happy to send a copy of that book out to you. It'd be our thank you gift for joining the support team here. We also have a a team of caring Christian counselors, and we'd be happy for you to talk to them uh, about whatever you're facing. So um, our number is 800, the letter A in the word family, and we'll have further details in the show notes. Next time, we're going to hear from marriage advocate and counselor Dr. David Clark as he discusses improving communication with your spouse. For now, on behalf of Greg and Aaron and the rest of the team, I'm John Fuller, and this has been the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast.